It's Saturday morning, and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. Another Saturday. Gosh, where are the weeks going? August. Whew. Where'd July go? Beautiful July, though. I mean, we have to say wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weather in July. One of the best clam festivals in town history. Beautiful, cool weather, a lot of food, a lot of drinks, huge turnout, over 30% more than they anticipated. Just an amazing, amazing time for all the nonprofits in Yarmouth. But we've had cooler temperatures. We've had a lot of rain. I mean, all the weather guys are like, wow, record rains for July and all. If you look around, everything's really lush. It's really green. And that is going to be a topic today we're going to talk a little bit about. Well, let's not get lackadaisical because August can kick us in the teeth. Now, obviously today they're saying showers and, you know, over the next three or four days we're going to get some showers, we're going to get some rain. But there is some heat and humidity coming back and it's summer, folks. Okay, so we've got to be cautious, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. If you caught uh, the TV segment I do with Cindy Williams uh, last night, we talked about Sawfly, okay? If not, try to check that out. I'm not sure if they've got it posted to the website yet, but Sawfly is devouring pines and spruces right now, okay? And mostly mugo pines, we usually find them on, dwarf spruces, but go out and inspect. It'll be very evident. There'll be a large mass of caterpillars, you know, and then come on into the garden center. We'll get you something to take care of it. Uh, but sawfly, it will devour the foliage of an evergreen plant. So be cautious about that. I also wanted to bring up, we got two new puppies. And I posted a picture on our website, uh, our Facebook page this morning, uh, just, you know, five minutes ago or so. And uh, the wonderful folks at Coastal Humane Society, um, I didn't want to say anything last week because we were going after the show. And I didn't know if we were going to get puppies or not. And originally it was going to be puppy. But you know how puppies are. You can't say no. That's why you don't go look at puppies. You go to get puppies. Because it's impossible. So my wife Sue and I, we went to Coastal Humane uh, in Brunswick last weekend. And they were having a Christmas in July special. And they had a lot of puppies. We were fifth in line because my wife... Needed to be there early, and I'm glad we went. And these lovely, two adorable black lab puppies come running up to us. One in one direction, one in the other. I picked up one. She picked up the other. We looked at each other, and we said, well, guess we're getting two. So Milo and Matty have joined us at the house and it's been a very vigorous week full of spunk and energy and playing and you know a, a huge joy to us so we've been having a lot of fun with that but I wanted to talk about Coastal Humane Society a little bit too this this morning because they do such wonderful wonderful work um, they were top-notch professional great to deal with quick and efficient there was over 60 people in line when when we went inside to look at the dogs. Um, they did a wonderful event, and they came in first in their division for a big grant that was being given away, and sixth nationally. Now that's pretty pretty awesome 
for such a small market, you know, here in Maine. So um, today they're having a dog, dog August, <laughs> dogist, I guess they're calling it, event, which I thought was kind of cool because what it is is they're holding a birthday party for all the dogs that they don't know their birthday. That's pretty cool, you know, I mean, if you think about it. So, and they're also having 20% off their adoption fees. So, if you're looking for a dog, you know, certainly there's a lot of beautiful dogs in in shelters and they're being brought up. Ours came from Alabama. So, they're being taken from other shelters all over the United States. But uh, check out uh, CoastalHumaneSociety.org. A great, great organization. Uh, we at Estabrooks have, you know, um, adopted a lot of animals from there over the years. Some of our cats that are at the Garden Center in Yarmouth are from Coastal Humane. And uh, just a good group, you know. So, support them any way you can. Even uh, give them a donation if you get an opportunity. But let's talk plants because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that all I talk about is my kids or my puppy or, you know. And it was funny because we're, Sue and I were at dinner the other night and she said, well, what about this? I said, we're not talking puppies. We're not becoming those people. Okay. So I'm going to change the subject, but we've been having a blast. I just wanted to let everybody know. It is cutting into my tractor time, though, which we're going to change that very soon. So let's talk summer color. Because walking around the garden center with these cooler temperatures in July, with this beautiful rain we've had, the plants have held up great. I mean, it's amazing. I'm looking at daylilies out in my yard that are really holding on very strong. And the ones in the garden center are just amazing. I've got hosta that are putting on more growth than I've seen in a lot of years. Plants are doing very well. I have not had to water as much as I normally would, but I am cognizant of that. Okay, and we'll talk more about that. But let's talk about some of the plants that just are summer. Some are awesome. Okay, some are just awesome. They're they're great summer plants. Let's start off with hibiscus. We can talk Rose of Sharon, or we can talk perennial hibiscus, or we can even talk annual or tropical hibiscus. They all are awesome in the summer. Okay, so it doesn't matter which one you choose. They're all amazing. Okay, now I particularly shoot more towards the perennial hibiscus. I really love them, you know, and we've got a great selection available right now. But those Rosa Sharon are right behind there. Well, maybe the tropicals. I don't know. I like them all. But anyways, hydrangeas, we've talked a ton about hydrangeas the last few weeks, but they're in their glory. My quick fire in my yard is just looking stunning. It's starting to go from white to pink and it's really held up well. Looking just amazing, but there's a couple others that I'm kind of I'm kind of digging. That little lime is just calling my name. Uh, it's just you know, ugh. I keep walking by that little block of twenty five or thirty plants going. I really, and they're saying, "Take me home, take me home." It's kind of like those puppies. Oh, I did it again. Hypericum, hypericum, not a plant that's terribly hardy, but just a lot of addition to the garden. So Hypericum, we've got a new one called Pumpkin. Um, absolutely stunning uh, new plant. Has beautiful yellow flowers, a nice dark green foliage, but unbelievable dark orange pumpkin seed pods all over it. So check that one out if you get to the garden center because it's a nice new addition, something a little different. 
And then Bloomispyria, Caryopteris. Not in bloom yet, but a great summer flower to add to the perennial, you know, I would call it a sub-shrub, meaning it grows up and down depending on the winters. Uh, can winter a little bit tough here in Maine, but, you know, there's new ones, you know, like the sunshine variety, you know, um, the surf variety. There's a bunch of new varieties that have kind of come out. I still like the old standard blue mist or, or uh, you know, all those old varieties are good too. But blue mist, spirit, tough to get blue at that time of year. So real vibrant, you know, the sunshine has a yellow foliage, good for a little more shade. And plus, you get that yellow foliage first thing in the spring, striking. So, Blue Mist Spirea, a real nice addition. And then some of the other evergreens are starting to come around, like Mountain Fiery Andromeda. It's getting its second flush of new red growth. Okay? So, you had one flush early in the spring. Now, it's getting another one. Let's not forget flocks. Okay? Tall flocks. Um, the Lollipop series, I really like. And I also like the, the Volcano series. Both of them are really nice. The Volcano, a little bit bigger leaf, a little bit shorter. And then the Lollipop series, striking new purple growth. The tips are purple. So it's really nice when they're not in bloom, they really have that nice purple tip. It makes a nice addition to the garden in the off-season. When all your spring-blooming plants are going strong, this has that nice little purple flare you know, on the foliage that I, I really, I really like that. And let's not forget the hummingbirds, butterfly bush, bee balm, you know, and of course, butterflies. And then, you know, we got butterfly weed, Asclepius, you know, that beautiful orange. So, you know, we can add some things also for the, for the wildlife a little bit. And let's not forget our this is one of my favorite plants, black-eyed Susans. I mean, standard main plant, prairie plants. But we got some new additions. Pot of gold, dwarf variety, low mounding, in control, not like, you know, Goldstrom. That's just this big monster and seeds in everywhere and does its thing. Pot of gold is a real nice one. You know, there's there's a bunch of different varieties that are real tight and, and uh, you know, much much better in a small, compacted garden. You know, maybe you just don't have a lot of space, but you want to add that color for summer. So definitely, you know, check out some of the varieties. And then we also have some of the bigger varieties of rutabecchia. You know, like herbstone. Big. Six to eight feet tall. Big, beautiful yellow flowers. Um, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful variety. Not in bloom in the garden center because it's such a tall grower. We end up cutting the plant back to keep it looking good in the container. But one that you should kind of think about if you need that big accent, you know, for late summer. Really cool variety. And then, of course, Russian sage. Russian sage, a lot of new varieties. Pika blue. Little spire's been around a while. Pika blue's a new one. There's a whole bunch of new varieties, and it all really comes down to sizing. The flowers all the same. The foliage looks the same. But what I will say is that some of them do definitely are more compact. So there's kind of a theme in a lot of new varieties. More compact, tight gardens, small areas. Now, here in Maine, we, ha- we typically have a lot of space. 
But other areas of the, of the country, they don't. The houses are stacked on top of each other. They have tighter gardens, limited space. So oh, some of these are bred for those smaller, tighter spaces, but I like it because I can put multiple in and make them look really, really good. The other thing is Nepeta, you know, that cat mint. And I've talked about this a couple times on the show. I want you to go ahead and prune that back if it's not looking good. Let's get some flowers for fall on it, okay? If you have other things in your garden that aren't looking good and you want to give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. couple more here. But there's too many to talk about. Clethra, that's summer sweet. Vanilla spice, sugartina crystallina, great names. Great plants. You know, ruby spice. Gives you some fragrance in the summer months. You know, that fragrant, that spicy, ah, love it. So check out the clethra, even if you come in and just smell them, okay? Just, it's kind of like lilacs in the spring. It's the lilac of summer for me, okay? Not a terribly showy plant, but that fragrance, you know, wafting in the in the windows at night when you have the windows open, there's a light breeze in the summer, just, just reminds me of spring and lilacs. Plumbago is the last one I'm going to talk about. Okay, beautiful blue, reddish foliage, easy plant. Doesn't show up till now, though. We don't usually have it in the garden center early on. So it's, an, it's, an, it's a summer item. And that's the, the one thing I wanted to kind of just stress for people is there's a lot of plants that we do not have in the spring months that you need to come back to the garden center and think about adding to your garden. If you have a dominant spring-blooming garden, now is the time to come in and see all the summer flowering things to add a few things to kick it up a notch. So if you walk around your yard and all you see is mostly green or foliage, that's because you're a typical customer. You come in during the spring months, you buy what looks beautiful, you put it in, but then come summer, you're not gardening. So you need to think about, just go ahead and grab a few things to add to your garden. If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Are you an organic gardener? Finally, there's a fast-working and effective all-organic insect control available from Bonide. Bonide's Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew is the answer to all your garden insect problems. Captain Jack's works two ways, on contact and when the insect feeds. This will ensure that your insect problems are over. Captain Jack's controls all types of insects, including caterpillars, beetles, spider mites, boars, and more. Use it on vegetables, flowers, berries, trees, shrubs, and fruit. Captain Jack's all-organic insect control is available in easy-to-use dust, liquid concentrate, ready-to-use and ready-to-spray containers with built-in spray applicator. Pick up some Bonite Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew today at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit MaineIGC.com or Bonide.com. Arr. 
You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. News, sports, and weather are all just a tap away on your smartphone. Now, the gardening expertise of Estabrooks is too. With the Estabrooks mobile app for your Apple or Android device, you can earn rewards with each visit, browse thousands of plant photos and descriptions, and get answers to your gardening questions all in one place. Plus, don't miss out on exclusive in-app deals you won't find anywhere else. Visit your mobile marketplace to download the app today. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. On a little dreary Saturday, I guess there's some rain in the forecast the next few days, but boy, it was awfully nice out there this morning. You know, a little humidity, but great gardening weather. You know, when it rains, it's a great time to garden, okay? And that's one of the questions kind of I've been fielding a lot this week in the garden center is... When is it safe for me to move my plants? You know, and we had a customer um, come in and her question really kind of hit home. And her question was, I've, I've got a renovation I'm doing on my home. And how and when is it safe for me to move all the plants that I have up against the foundation? Or should I just scrap them? and start over after the fact, you know, am I just wasting my time? You know, am I going to move this and put all the energy, you know, we're going into August or we're in August now, but this was, you know, during the week. Uh, but you know, her, her concern was she was going to do all this work, move things around, heal it in, try to move it back. And it really wasn't going to necessarily be an easy job because some of the stuff's a little larger. So the conversation we had kind of went like this. These are the questions I would ask you if you were coming into the garden center with this problem. So first off, I would say, is, do you like the plants? You know, are they special? Are they something that's important? Secondly, how old are they? Are they 30 years old? What type of renovation are you doing? Would it be beneficial to move them back? Or are we going to move them to a sp new spot where that's where they're going to live for the rest of their life? So all of those things would kind of lead me to what the right answer and decision is going to be. So here's kind of my thoughts on if you're going to move plants at any point that maybe not might not be the 
best time, but plants are pretty resilient. Especially when you're diligent about taking care of them after you move them. So, can you do it? Of course you can. Do you need to do it? You might need to. There may be a need factor over necessarily the right time at the right, you know, moment. So, here's the general rule of thumb. If you're going to move plants, this stretch we're having is a pretty good stretch. Going to have thunderstorms, going to have hazy, you know, going to have overcast. Perfect scenario if you want to think about moving something that you have to. I'm not advocating that you do it all the time, but what I'm saying is if you need to. It's also perfect planting weather to establish things that stress of that first week is always the biggest concern when you're moving plants. So, two things, or three, or four things that I want to talk about. Okay, you're moving these plants. So, my suggestion is when you're moving plants is try to put them in their final destination as quick as you possibly can. So, you're going to dig them up, and you're going to have the other area already prepped and ready. What does that mean? Either have the other hole dug... Or have the area primarily prepped with new soil, everything you need to do. Don't lift the plants, set them on the lawn, go do other things, move them and get them back into the ground as quick as you possibly can. And the first thing I usually recommend is people dig a hole. It's probably fairly dry when you dig that big hole down below. Fill that hole full of water. And you say, why, why am I filling a hole full of water? I want water below the root system of the plant that you're actually going to transplant, okay? So you fill the hole with water, and then you let it saturate down. What does that do? That gets water deep into the soil. And what will happen is that water will kind of wick up to the root system. It's very tough for us as people to water a plant and get water down a foot or 18 inches deep in the soil without completely making a mucky mess out of our garden. It's just hard. So getting that water below the root system will make a big difference. Also, two or three days before you transplant it, I want you to water with a light trickle on the plant you're going to move. So we're going to get that good and wet. Two or three days, though. So that's nice and hydrated, doing very well, and then we can dig it very easily. Okay? Look for a stretch of cooler overcast weather fog's good and then try to move it to your final destination now this customer wanted to move some of these things back back to the house after they were just doing some siding work and you know uh, some new windows and they probably could have done it around the shrubs but they needed to do some foundation work also foundation work new drainage type of that stuff So what they're going to do is they're actually going to do a little bit different scenario. They're going to heal these plants in. And when I say heal plants in, what does that mean? It means you're going to cover the root system nicely with good soil, but we're not planting it. So what they're going to do is they're going to take the root system, they're going to put it above ground, and then they're going to actually heal it in with nice loam like it's planted, but they know they're going to move it. So they're not going to dig a hole. They're going to cover up that root system just like it's planted, but it's kind of planted in a berm that they know they're going to rip apart probably within a month, 
for fall and put these plants back. So there's two kind of, you know, ways you can go about it. The healing in, you got to be careful about because you're going to stress the plant twice. And obviously we've talked a lot about this. Stressing plants can be your biggest concern for insects and disease and all of that. So what I recommended is they put it in a part shade situation. These are full sun plants, but I recommended they heal it in in a part shade situation so that half of the day they're going to be in shade and it's going to limit the water stress that they have and they should do a much better job of rebounding when you move them back. These plants are only five years old, so fairly tight root system. They're not 20-year-old plants. In the instance that they were a 20-year-old plant, then I might have that conversation with you. Is it worth keeping them? If you have another place in the yard that really you could fill in with some bigger plants, it might be perfect. If you don't, at 20 years, we might think about replacement. It may not be worth it. And also thinking about, will they work with the renovations you're doing? If you're putting on an addition, is it worth it? Should you put all new plants so that they grow at the same rate, they have the same pruning? So a lot of questions when we talk about these topics. If you have questions, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255, 775-1310. say that kind of fast sometimes, I think. If you don't have a piece of paper, how are you going to write that down? You know? But gardening is supposed to be fun. So, you know, when it comes to a renovation project, a lot of a lot of times you've got somebody coming in to do this work, and it's like, oh, I'm under the gun. And so you may not have the situation where you have overcast weather and you have perfect conditions. It could be 95 degrees out and you've got to move them. Use the best ability that you can at the time. We understand not everything is optimum all the time. The last thing I want to talk about with plants and moving in summer, a real nice addition is wilt-proof. Spraying down those plants with wilt-proof to help keep them from transpiring all the moisture out of their leaves. The last other big thing I really like to do is mist my plants. So not only am I watering the root system, but periodically if it's a hot day and we know they're wet, we've done a good job of water, is just taking the hose and misting off the foliage. Letting them absorb some water directly through the leaf by misting them a few times during the day. Huge difference. Huge difference in how they will, you know, get through that shock. Now perennials and stuff like that, a little more easily moved. Smaller root systems, easy to heal in. That's a, that's a one that if you don't want to move them and make a new bed someplace else, perennials are easy, easy to come back. The other thing is maybe a week or so before, you might prune some of them back so they don't have as much foliage. So, you know, prune them back about a week before, let them kind of rebound a little bit, then go ahead and dig them. They have less foliage comparative to the root system, and they'll establish much, much better. Obviously, annuals and stuff like that we don't worry too much about. Those are just a replacement situation. So if you have kind of some projects coming up in the summer, plan ahead for some of this moving and adjustments you need to make on your plants. I'm having uh, one of our rental properties painted right now. 
and you know there was a couple plants I would you know they're growing into the house and whatnot. I just pruned. Was it the perfect time to prune? No, but some of these plants were overgrown. I know they'll rebound. I'm not too concerned, but I did some pruning. So that is another option that you have in a situation where you're having renovations. Let's face it, summer, there's a whole lot of things going on around the house. Not only you gardening, but also painting, cleaning, you know, doing all those things. So if you have questions, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, the lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Summer may be winding down, but that doesn't mean you have to be too. Whether you want to plant the landscape you've always wanted or just refresh your window boxes, Estabrooks in Yarmouth and Kennebunk still has tons of great plants. Best of all, you can take them home for a fraction of the price. All trees, shrubs, perennials, roses, and annuals are now 30% off. Make the most of your summer with some help from Estabrooks. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. You know those design shows where a gardening expert shows up and overhauls the landscape of some unsuspecting homeowner? You're probably not going to be on one of those shows. Planting a landscape is hard work, and it's not for everyone. Make it easier with the planting service from Estabrooks. For as little as $45 a plant, Estabrooks will get your plants into the ground and off to a great start, giving you time to relax and enjoy the season. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com slash videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook on another Saturday morning. Gosh, where do the weeks go? July flew by with beautiful gardening weather and, and just unbelievable sales. I mean, we, we just did unbelievable. You know, obviously we closed our Scarborough store, you know, wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit again. Um, did an, uh, an interview with The Current, a nice little article there if you want kind of some more information about what happened and why and, and all of that. You know, Scarborough is just a stunning market. We really would love to be back there. And and another opportunity may arise that we will be back there sooner than we think. We You just never know. As, as business goes, opportunities come and go. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to take a little break there for now. Uh, I'm sure another opportunity is going to arise for us, and, and we'll, we'll move in that direction. But thank you to all those wonderful customers. I hope you continue to shop with us in Kennebunk and Yarmouth. I know we've, uh, we've built some great relationships with some, some unbelievable customers, and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you in those two garden centers also. Uh, I got a very interesting question on, on the website uh, this week, which I, I thought was kind of, kind of nice, actually. had nothing to do with gardening. And the question was, Tom, thanks for doing the show. Can you tell us some history about Estabrooks? I'm sure you've covered this at some point during the, your your show, but for us new listeners, it might be nice to kind of understand the history of your business. And I guess that's, you know, being two years-ish plus whatever, I don't know, it seems like a million light years ago that we started the show now. Sometimes I forget you know, when I'm thinking about and prepping for the show, that everyone's been listening the whole time. And so going over information more and more repetitively, I I feel like I I just keep talking about the same thing. But so bear with me some folks that maybe have been listening and heard this before, but there's probably a lot of people that don't know who Estabrooks are and how long we've been around and, and all of that type of stuff. So Here's kind of the the short stint of it. I'm the third generation, along with my brother Andy and my cousin John. Okay? So my great-grandparents started a business. It's not Estabrooks by any means, but my grandfather and my great-grandfather started a company together. And basically, in a nutshell, it was growing laying hens for DeCoster. So for years and years in the probably 60s, they did that for a long time. So when you come to our Yarmouth store, you'll see some very big old, you know, red barns. And those were filled with chickens, uh, specifically growing chicks for DeCoster. Now, if you go into our tag room where we house all our tags for our plants that you see in the pots, those are the old incubators. So there's a lot of history there of chickens, okay? Sometimes on a rainy day, you can still smell the chickens. You know, with the barns, you know, it's just with the humidity and and whatnot. You can smell it a little bit. So then kind of that petered out. Obviously, DeCoster kind of moved on. They got bigger, whatever. So that market kind of started to dry up. So... Our family kind of decided, okay, well, natural progression is farm. So they started growing vegetables. So for many, many years, there were, you know, hundreds of acres of farming. You know, everything from corn 
beans, peas, and that's kind of where I started in the business. And so that kind of went along for a long time, and we basically were at farmer's markets. We really didn't have a home base. You know, we had the farm in Yarmouth and the farm stand, but it really was a small little, you know, shed that we sold stuff, and then we started kind of selling plants. Well, in that time frame when they were, you know, going into farming, they had a local garden center that they bought all their seedlings from. Okay, so they contracted grow their growing of their seedlings with a, a local, you know, got florist garden center at that time who grew a lot of plants for them. Well, they went out of business. So my grandfather had to make a choice. Obviously, he had to put up some greenhouses. So he put up a few greenhouses and started growing his own seedlings for the vegetables to send off. And, you know, of course, he grew a few things that he could bring to market too. You know, some marigolds, some petunias, you know, some tomato plants, you know, and started bringing some of that, creating an earlier market before the vegetables were ready. So for years, that's kind of how things went. And so my grandmother and my grandfather, and and my grandfather had a partner also. And so through the 80s, that's kind of how things kind of went. Now, probably early 80s, things started to really pick up retail-wise in the Yarmouth area. The kind of construction boom was starting around us. And so probably late 70s, early 80s, they started adding more and more plants. Still going to farmer's markets, but the farm stand was growing steadily every year, more and more. Around 1988, we built our display house. If you come to the Armist store off our main building where you check out, there's an old wooden building. It's still there, and that was built in, oh, 86 to 88 in that time frame. That was kind of the big transition. When we built that house, then we kind of shifted more towards retail. Okay. So at that time, my Aunt Tammy joined the company. Came back. She was a nurse for many, many years and decided that her father needed more help and came back to the business. Then in the early 90s, I went to my grandfather and said, I hate this vegetable stuff, but if you want me to come into the business, I'm interested in the plant side, and I'd like to go to college for that. So early 90s, I was a junior in high school, and uh, I went to him, and he said, wow, okay, well, if that's, you know, we always knew plants were a big future part to our business. Okay, let's, let's, let's do that. You know, I just didn't like the rigors of vegetable farming. Um, We weren't big enough to automate. We weren't big enough to keep in it to win it. And you're either a big farm or you're not a farm. It's very tough to be in between. Now, that has kind of changed a little bit now. There's a lot of small farms doing very well. But at that time, vegetables were very moderately priced in the grocery stores. Everything was fairly reasonable and the customer really wasn't coming to farms. Now, that's changing, which is awesome. And I think that's great. So we made a shift at that time. You know, we had been in retail more and more. In the late 80s, early 90s, we stopped doing farmer's markets, and then we moved into doing retail. And Yarmouth has grown exponentially. I mean, we've bought properties on either side of us. We've expanded, you know, three, four times. It's a very big, beautiful store. 
So, you know, in the late 90s, obviously, was the boom. Going crazy. We were selling a lot wholesale, growing by leaps and bounds, sometimes doubling every year. Things were very in in the heyday of, of garden centers. You know, everybody was new homes, and we're kind of heading towards that again. We've gone through the cycle. But then we hit. The recession hit. And things started probably late 90s, to be truthful. You know, um, we saw a dip. Things started to slow. Wholesale was slower. Everything kind of, so we pulled back. Then obviously we hit the Great Recession, or what they call the Great Recession, that we're just starting to show signs of coming through now. And so during that, we saw sales start to slide, and we made a conscious decision to open Scarborough, okay, which we just closed. So Scarborough was seven years ago. And uh, it was interesting because we were in negotiations to buy another garden center in uh, Cape Elizabeth, actually, uh, the old Jordan Farms. And that deal fell through. And Bruce McLuhan, uh, who owns the property in Scarborough, was nice enough to let us lease that. And we've gone along a long time, seven years there. And, but that really insulated us from the economy. So we made a, a choice to do that. Now, I'm going to take a step back because I missed a few other things. During that time, many other family members joined the company. So I believe it was 96 or 97, my brother Andy joined the company. And he came in and started working in the growing facility. And to now today, he runs the growing for us. But even before that, my Aunt Jolene came back, who was in L.L. Bean, fairly high up in their HR department, and was one of the founding people that wrote the HR, um, you know, their original HR uh, retirement and all of that type of stuff. So Jolene came and joined us. Now she runs the office and and all of that uh, HR and, you know, hiring and all of that stuff, all that stuff that's, you know, a lot of us don't have the experience to do. So she does a great job with that. So, wow, you know, how many family members are we getting up to here? It's a lot of mouths to feed. And then... My parents decided they wanted to retire from their jobs. My dad worked at Nissen's Baking Company for over 30 years, and my mom ran a home daycare. And so they've joined us back and are now working for my brother and myself. So, you know, it's a family affair. And then I did mention my cousin John. Well, he graduated college, and he's the wonderful guy that does all that wonderful stuff with, like, the mobile app and the website and all our computer systems, and all the beautiful signage you see around the garden center. So he does all the tech stuff. You know, does a great job with all of that. I'm sure you love the newsletter. He writes the newsletter. He writes all of our ads you hear on the radio. So another great piece to the business. So everybody has their own little niche, and we've all figured it out, you know, and and things are really, you know, quite segmented you know, in a lot of ways, but also very close in a lot of ways. So you can see the business has evolved in many different facets. And then, of course, you know, a couple years after we opened Scarborough, we opened Kennebunk. So there's a general history of what we kind of have gone through. It's a family business. It's multiple generations. We are very fortunate and very lucky. It's not easy to be a family business, as many will tell you. 
And, you know, we have weathered the storm pretty darn well. We've we've been very fortunate, you know, to have the right things happen at the right time. And I just want to let you know how much pride we take in servicing all of you. That can't come through enough because without you guys, we've got nothing. So great question, you know, because we don't really, we kind of take that for granted. We don't really get that out there that often, but this is one of those things that we're very proud of, and I hope you're very proud, you know, to come shop with us because we take a lot of pride in what we do. And I can't stress enough, it's not just about our family. It's also about our employees. Our employees are the lifeblood of what we do day in and day out. They take care of our customers. They take care of you. You know, good, bad, or otherwise, they're plants. They don't always act the way we want. They don't always survive the way we want. But all we do is we do the best we can every single day to give you the best product we possibly can. And I hope we achieve that on a day-to-day basis. With that said, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Summer may be winding down, but that doesn't mean you have to be too. Whether you want to plant the landscape you've always wanted or just refresh your window boxes, Estabrooks in Yarmouth and Kennebunk still has tons of great plants. Best of all, you can take them home for a fraction of the price. All trees, shrubs, perennials, roses, and annuals are now 30% off. Make the most of your summer with some help from Estabrooks. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. News, sports, and weather are all just a tap away on your smartphone. Now the gardening expertise of Estabrooks is too. With the Estabrooks mobile app for your Apple or Android device, you can earn rewards with each visit, browse thousands of plant photos and descriptions, and get answers to your gardening questions all in one place. Plus, don't miss out on exclusive in-app deals you won't find anywhere else. Visit your mobile marketplace to download the app today. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth life Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit caselaorganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. You know, if I could just find one product that would control my insect problems on my house plants, around the outside of my house, on my lawn, in my flower beds, and my vegetable garden. Hmm. Ma'am, Bonide has the answer. What? Bonide's 8 insect control is effective against more than 100 insects that destroy trees, shrubs, lawns, flowers, vegetables, and fruit. Use 8 to eliminate ticks, fleas, ants, and other home-invading pests. It can even be used indoors on houseplants. Wow. 8 kills on contact and repels insects for up to 30 days. 8 is available in dust concentrate and in convenient ready to use and ready to spray formulations with built-in hose and sprayer really find bonide 8 insect control at your local independent garden centers of maine visit maineigc.com or bonide.com thank you ma'am for your time thank you 
Whether it's pest management, improving your soil, treating diseases, or simply staying ahead of the weeds, gardening can often feel like a lot of work. Finding great local advice that's timely and helpful doesn't have to be. Sign up for the Estabrooks Garden newsletter, and you'll receive gardening tips, in-depth articles, and great deals every week right in your email inbox. It's the perfect way to stay ahead in the garden and save big on your next visit. To learn more and sign up, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks on another Saturday morning. Got a little kind of emotional there about talking about the business. You know, I've grown up in this business. You know, it's in my heart and all my family, you know, we take a lot of pride. And so, you know, it's when we talk about, you know, all of the things that have happened over the years, it's kind of, it's kind of, I'm sure my grandfather's up there rolling over going, wow, I never saw it going here. You know, a lot has changed. We're not the same business, though we like to keep the same morals, the same attitude, the same service that we always has, you know, had when we were a really small business. Try to be accessible to your customers. I can't stand there in the garden center every hour of every day like I did years and years ago, you know, and talk to every customer. And I don't know every customer. It's amazing, you know. But what I will say is our staff does a great job. I can't reinforce that enough. So if you're coming into one of the garden centers, Yarmouth or Kennebunk, thank them. It's the best compliment that they can get. They love it, and they deserve it. So enough about that. Let's talk about a little more doom and gloom. And this really isn't doom and gloom. This is more a reminder. I had a great, great uh, email from another customer this week just saying, you know, could you just reinforce to people that they can't bring firewood into the state? Can you just keep bringing that up? You know, um, they've recently found out that in the Boston market, Emerald Ash Borer was spread by firewood. That's how they've traced it back. And I bet the likelihood is in New Hampshire, it's probably the same way. So firewood, all of you folks that are coming into the state, there's signs. I know you've got your RVs and your campers, and you probably have some wood you bring in with you for the campfire and all of that. I get it. But there's plenty of cheap sources of wood here in Maine. There's campfire being sold, firewood being sold all over the place. A lot of the campgrounds have it available. It's not that much money. If you do bring it in, make sure and burn it right away. Just go ahead. Don't leave any behind. Just go ahead. Get it in the fire. You know, maybe you didn't know, but burn it. Then it's gone. We don't have a spare piece of wood you leave behind. That's where problems start to arise. So thank you for reminding me to bring this up time and time again, okay? Emerald Ash Borer is likely here someplace. We probably haven't found it. Um, New Hampshire, it's it's spreading. It's going to be, uh, uh, you know, we're going to need to deal with this, okay? So, again, no firewood if you bring it into the state, okay? 
Am I clear? All right. So here's another great question, okay? And this one's going to be pretty quick because we're running out of time. But this question is, every time I order mulch, loam, or compost, I never have enough. How do I properly calculate the volume I need? This is always a common question. People call up, they order mulch, and you're like, well, how much do you need? Well, I don't know. Like, well, how much area do you need to cover? Well, I don't know. So it's very common because one thing is, once you've ordered from us numerous times, we can look back at how much you've bought. So if you bought two deliveries, we can tell you, oh, well, you bought five yards, but then you came back and said I needed two more. So you probably want seven if that covered the year before. But also I wanted to kind of talk about, you can go to our website, and there's a there's a bulk product calculator there. And it's also been added to our mobile app, okay, under the news section. It always stays right at the top. And basically, you just plug in your length, your width, and your depth, okay, which typically if you're doing mulch, it's two or three inches. It never goes as far as you want. Add your stuff in. Get out there. Transplant some stuff if you have to. It's a good, good Saturday. Get out there and enjoy your garden. WLOB Portland and WLOBradio.com.